Hello, Red vs. Blue fans, and welcome to the season finale after show on AfterBuzz TV for Red vs. Blue Season 14. We will be covering episodes 21 through 24, and we have a very special guest calling in tonight, so we'll see all that after the opening. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Might as well start with the classics, right? Yeah, it's always good to go back to the beginning. It's Yeah, we did a lot of that this season. <laughs> and we are going to get right into it. With me tonight, I have the lovely Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can tweet at me at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the hashtag ABTVRVB. We have the live chat up. We'll be looking at that intermittently. So if you have something fun to say, any questions for our guests, uh, feel, free to, feel free to throw them in there. And we may well get a shout out. And calling in tonight, we have the wonderful Shannon McCormick. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for calling in tonight. Yeah. So, we are going to get right into it and talk about the first two episodes we're looking at, your episodes, The Triplets and The Mission. And you have to have the scare quotes in the title there. Uh, yeah, the, so when it was, when it was written, the whole thing was just called the triplets and it was a part one and part two. Um, but, um, they, uh, they decided that, um, they didn't want to give to reveal that there was, it was a two parter right away. So we just called part one, the triplets. And then, uh, Kyle who directed the second one was like, Hey man, we need a title. Uh, he was like, how about the mission? And we'll just put it in quotes. I was like, yeah, sounds good. That's um, perfect. So that's that's how it ended up that way. That Well, I think that was the perfect title for it because yeah, what mission? So, too. so can, is it too early to ask um, how, where did the idea for this particular one come for? Because come from because uh this season has been completely anthology do they did they like were their topics up for grabs or were is it something that you guys pitched uh to miles in particular how how did that process work so it was pretty loosey-goosey um so really what happened was i knew um in the um like after rtx of 2015 that um it was going to be an anthology season um, which I think maybe they announced at RTX in 2015. I can't remember. I think they but did. I knew, that it, I knew it was going to be an anthology season. And then maybe they, they probably didn't yet. I can't remember. Anyway, but I knew it was going to be an anthology. And after the improv panel, there was such an outpouring of affection for, uh, for 479 er for Lee Eddy's character <laughs> um, from some of the folks who were there at the improv panel. I, I shot Miles a message afterwards, like a couple weeks after that RTX, and said, hey, you know, I know you're thinking about this anthology season. I was like, just so you know, I think if you did something with 479er, um, you could have, you know, it'd be a pretty cool, um, it'd, it'd be well received by, you know, certain quarters of the fandom, you know. Um, and... Uh, but I, w- I wasn't envisioning that I would write it or anything like that. I was just sort of giving Miles a heads up um, and had sort of suggested maybe a possible storyline. or, or And it was just uh, something offhand. Um, and what I had actually originally at one point envisioned was kind of a um, – like a um, – uh, well, I'll get to that in a sec because I ended up pitching a couple of ideas. So – 479er makes an appearance in in my episode at the end of the triplet. Yeah. Um she's not in it though because of the animation uh was all tied the 3D animation team was all tied up doing the Mercs episode. Oh. Um and for her armor type, they um they weren't going to be able to actually machinimate with 479er. Um so so that was kind of they they found themselves in this weird position. I think Miles would have liked to have done something with her character, but just like the, the timing and the logistics of, uh, the team's, uh, bandwidth weren't, uh, available for there to be a four, seven, nine or episode. So, um, the idea that I had had was like a, like a freelancer ladies night out kind of a thing. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. We're like, they got to blow off steam. And, the, and again, this is just me like spitballing and not proposing to write anything. 
So I suggested that. I was like, oh, you know, you could do like a like a ladies' night out and four seven niners with them, or has to come bail them out, or or something, and she's the hero and has to save the the freelancers or or whatever. Um, and Miles got back to me in uh, at the very end of last year, beginning of this year, and he was like, hey, you know what? Uh, that idea isn't going to work, but um, if you have any other ideas, let us know. Um, we have some, you know, availability. Pitch us, pitch me some ideas. So um, I had a couple, and the one that stuck was the triplets idea, and that all came from I'm I'm from Iowa. Um, when I went to school, I went to the University of Iowa, which is in Iowa City, and Iowa is often mistaken for Idaho and Ohio by people who don't know the rest of the country, and so there used to actually be shirts for sale on game day, like at the University of Iowa football games that would say, um, University of Iowa, Idaho City, Ohio. Uh, (laughs) So, and, and I was like, oh man, like, wouldn't it be funny if there were these three, like the three dead last, dead worst freelancers and they were all these states that are confused with one another. Um, and I can get, you know, because I'm from Iowa, I can like kind of poke fun at Iowa or whatever, even though like, the, the implication is not that these people represent these states or qualities of these states they are just code names. Um, so, uh, but I was like, okay, well, if I do the Iowa thing, then let's like see what this team of the absolute work, the three, you know, 50, 49 and 48 are and what they look like. And then it just kind of blossomed from there, you know, okay, they're bad. And then now, uh, we get to see them interacting with, um, I, I liked having Washington CT, sort of like presumably early in the project as they're about to, as they're sort of, they've, they've been tapped to go up into the upper ranks, you know, the single digits or whatever. So, um, yeah. And then it all just kind of, it all just kind of flowed from there, um, as to, you know, as to what would happen. I was going to ask why you chose the States you did. And I think that that's a better answer than (laughs) I ever could have asked for. Yeah. It's all just personal history. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where the idea came from. I pitched it to Miles and Cohen, and they both really liked it. And they were like, okay, yeah, um, you know, go for it. So we wrote it. Um, you know, Miles did some, some punch-up work on it uh, to help it out. Um, so, uh, but most of, you know, most of the jokes are mine, and, and most of the, uh, the, certainly the plot and the storyline is all mine. And, um, and, and Miles helped kind of shape it and, uh, you know, keep it within uh, the realm of red versus blue. And uh, I think it worked out pretty good. It, th- these were some of my favorite episodes in the season. I had such a good time. And it's partially because I have a massive freelancer bias, not going to lie, but <laughs> just a yeah, teeny one. Yeah, yeah. A I, know I know you do. Well, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, what was your favorite part of working on these episodes? Um, I, well, the favorite, uh, my favorite part was how, oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, part of it was writing for, for people. Like I knew that I, I wanted Elizabeth Maxwell to play Ohio. Um, she and I have, have become friends, uh, in the past year and a half or so, um, uh, after camp camp and, um, just, you know, her being around Rooster Teeth a, a lot more since she's, um, sort of, uh, been part of the family. And, uh, and then also knowing that I was going to be writing for, uh, characters that I've played and also, you know, be able to bring Sam and, and Shana and Lee back into the booth. So that was fun. Uh, and then it was just fun, like finding the voices that were right for the other characters that, um, that I didn't know, um, who they were going to be, um, before, before we got there. But, uh, so that was really, that was really fun. Um, yeah, that was great. And flip side, what was the hardest part of working on these episodes? Oh man. I, well, two things. I think one was shutting up about them for a long time. (laughs) Internet troll. So yeah, no, I know. (laughs) Just, just knowing that like, um, that I, you know, just that I had, um, information about the whole season, but also specifically my episodes and, and not be able to like, go, Oh my God, I just recorded some lines or we just found, you know, we, we found the actress to play Sherry and she's going to be great. And people don't even know what, you know, who Sherry is or anything <laughs> like that. So, so, um, so that was, that was kind of hard. Um, yeah. And just, um, you know, um, 
finding those beats in the story and and um, making it you know making the the length work out right. I think they they turned out a little longer than um, than um, the Miles and the team had originally thought we were going to do. But in the end, they were like, well, you know what? They work at this length, and so like let's don't like let's not try to shave them down. Um, just to make them fit some arbitrary time length or, or anything like that. So I think they work well as, um, you know, two, you know, roughly nine minute episodes. Yeah, they were a ton of fun to watch. Um, should probably get into talking about them a little bit. <laughs> sure. I love these guys at the bottom of the totem pole. They're so <laughs> dang funny. And I, I get the feeling that actually Ohio might have succeeded a little more had she not hung out with these two guys. <laughs> Yeah, I think one Maybe. of the knocks against uh, against it, and it's like it because I, you know, I, I was paying attention online. I think there's some some people are like, how did these people end up in Project Freelancer? And it's like, yeah, I was know, wondering that like, myself. They're yeah, they're like, <laughs> it's a it's a they're they're marginal at best. Um, they're maybe not so I'll, I'll tell you one of my motivations was actually having played wash for so long i think one of i'll be honest one of my frustrations is lately um, i feel like washes being like bad um uh has become a little too one note um for his characterization you know it's like when he was introduced he's like a total badass and i get why in seasons nine and 10 they made him not nearly as cool because it automatically establishes everybody above him as even more of a badass, right? It's like, we already know wash is good or tough or whatever. And then, uh, so, okay. So automatically that, that invests Carolina and North with some, you know, gravitas. Um, but I do feel like as it's gone on, it's like, Oh, wash, he's, he's terrible. And that's maybe me being a little defensive of a character that I play or whatever. Um, but it's like, so part of me was like, oh, you think, you think Wash is bad? Well, let me show you who else was out there. Um, like, <laughs> the flip and, side and is. Maybe a little on the side of them being a little bit too uh, sim troopery. Uh, but in the end, um, I, I just wanted there to be a nice echo and, and um, uh, uh, callback to the, you know, to the Blood Gulch uh, era. But I saw a number of people online being like, oh, this is where this is where the director got the idea for the Sim Troopers. I was like, oh, OK, that wasn't my intention, (laughs) but I like it. It's, you know, it fits in the chronology that like maybe this is this. These guys were so bad that they somehow sneak, you know, they snuck into the program. uh, But then they had to be um, they had to be they had to be offshored um, in a very literal sense. and then that perhaps gave uh, uh, Leonard Church the idea to um, to start the uh, Sim Trooper program. The original that's actually, Reds and Blues. That's actually <laughs> kind of what I was thinking. Like, you know, it's been a month. We should probably send a recovery agent down to get their armor back because they did go with Freelancer. What do you mean they're still alive? And they're fighting yeah. three guys from Caron? And they're all yeah. color-coded? I've yeah. had a brilliant idea. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um so yeah, so um, so yeah, so they get sent. To, so they're terrible. Um, they're so bad that they decide to get rid of them. They go. They're sent off on this planet. This, uh, which was originally. So we were trying to find some. It was originally going to be one of the uh, the, the weird um, water planet um, extra map in the um, in Halo Three. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I'd originally written a pass of the script where they were all like in water, like a beach area, kind of you know, just like a endless expanse of ocean. Um, and that didn't. There were some machinima issues that that wasn't going to be able to work. Um, oh, yeah. sorry, it was the Halo Two. It's the Halo right. Two extra maps in the. Um, I don't. I'm not a big Halo person, so I don't know. <laughs> Neither am I. It, but so anyway, the, there were some some extra maps in Halo Two that we were going to machinimate in, but then that was not operable for a number of um, logistical reasons on Rooster Teeth's end. So then we put it in Halo Three, and then we went with the, the icy um, the icy maps. Is it Sidewinder? Um, so rewrite that stuff to make the ice stuff work. I, I have to know if it's Sidewinder. That's that's all I could think of. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I've got them in the script somewhere. Like we took a look and like, you know, literally Kyle said that, you know, as they're machinimating it, if you like, you know, look any, you know, to the left or the right, there's a lot more stuff going on. So you had to position everything in such a way that, um, you know, it looked a lot more desolate than those maps actually are. It only looks abandoned. Yeah, exactly. It's very exactly. interesting seeing how Project Freelancer deals with their problems. Yeah! <laughs> like, the, no dishonorable discharge or anything like that. They just shoo them away to die. <laughs> they quit. Yeah, because you, you couldn't quit the... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I love that, though. Yeah. I love that no one questions it. I love that we have things no one tells Wash, because that is a refrain of his life. And I kind of adore the fact that you created these characters to kind of be under him and shore him up, and yet you have established Wash as their lunch buddy. After that big long yeah. speech about talking to you makes me incompetent, if they killed us and touched our dead bodies, they would become incompetent. <laughs> right. Well, I did, so, you know, I did want to kind of honor a little bit of all of those uh, histories that Wash has. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's better than that. You know, he's better, like, for, as a fighter than them, but he's also a, a doofus. So, you know, you get um, South and, and CT poke in front of him for being naive and a, and a doofus at the end of the episode. Um, but I also, I, I also wanted to kind of work in there, too, that, like, you know, I think Wash and, and CT are, are, are kind of, you know, viewed a little you know viewed positively or or that their relationship with project freelancer is like somehow less compromised than say some of the other ones um and it's like oh no they're kind of you know uh, and so that's where all the kind of like petty high school stuff comes in where it's like oh i don't want to be seen with my lame old friends because now i'm with the cool kids or whatever and 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 like that kind of um i think you know just really human scenarios that we have all found ourselves in in some capacity whether on the receiving end or the giving end or both or or whatever so um just wanted to have that kind of complexity there for for washington and for ct to be like oh they're they're kind of torn between their old loser friends and their and their new cooler but like totally more like evil friends <laughs> like the fun people and the dicks <laughs> It's very yeah, mean exactly. girls, for it sure. It is very mean girls. <laughs> On yeah, Wednesdays, we yeah, wear pink. Like... Pardon? On Wednesdays, we wear pink. It's it, mean girls. Or lightish red, oh, in right. this case. Or lightish red. <laughs> or lightish red. On Wednesday, we wear lightish red. Exactly. <laughs> On Wednesdays, we wear lightish red. Someone do a fan art of that. Oh, my God. That, oh, my God. Uh, we have magical... Spinjitsu Ninja took me a minute to get through that in the chat saying Georgia got what was coming to him. (laughs) That was the other thing I wanted to put in there, too, was like, okay, so we, you know, South already has a reputation that, you know, people don't like South and 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 she can be, you know, kind of bitchy and, and she's a mean girl. And I was like, well, it didn't really so it didn't really fit North. I didn't want to make North be that's not his personality and and that's not you know I, I had a hard time envisioning John like saying those lines so I was like well okay well who can I put with who can I put with South and I was like Carolina doesn't like the the triplets are so far beneath Carolina that she wouldn't even she wouldn't even bother making fun of them so I was like well who's left and I was like oh let's do Georgia because we've never established anything about his personality so it's like oh he's a total asshole and he died and um, and no one will miss him <laughs> and then Carrie voiced him right I think that was what yeah, I told the Carrie voiced, well Carrie yeah so Carrie uh, uh, voices his scream in the DVD extra at the end of, of at the end of um, the DD on um Season ten, I think it is. Yeah, with the Georgia DVD. Where, yeah. Is that? Is it ten? I'm pretty um, sure. I can't remember. It's ten or nine. I anyway, think it was ten. Carrie voices his scream. Yeah, I think it's ten as well. Carrie voices his scream. So, um, so, uh, so Carrie got to to be a jerk in the booth as well for for the lines that I Georgia. <laughs> that was so much got fun to, play to a watch. High school oh my bully. god! Yeah, but pretty much, it's, it's very high school. Except it's one of those high schools oh, that ranks me. people. It's Japan. <laughs> it's Japan. Say, well, isn't that normal high school? Because everybody's ranked via standardized testing. Well, yeah, but normal high school, you only have the rankings in so much as this one's valedictorian, that one's salutatorian. In Japan, they rank everyone and they post them on the walls. 
So for everyone, everyone can see, see your failures. <laughs> so oh, Project Freelancer is Japanese oh. high school. <laughs> oh. Sure. I mean, that, no, that makes sense. I mean, they post the rankings for they Project do. Freelancer. Um, Around every single corner. I I wanted to just, I, I don't necessarily have a question about this, but I, I just want to, you know, point out that this, uh, we have the first case of canonical lesbians in thank Red you. versus Blue. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Is that a thank you to me or yes. to you? Oh, you got it. <laughs> Was there any reasoning behind that? Is that just because it hadn't been done before? Um, it was a little bit because it hadn't been done before. I think part of it was um, uh, that it, it sort of stemmed from the, the idea that I had had for the ladies' night um, uh, piece, um, which was sort of the original uh, instigator for that. Um, and you know what's really funny is I can't remember um, – I can't remember if uh, if I wrote them in before the canonical lesbians joke on Tumblr came about or after, and I like I really don't know which led to the other. Um, if anybody, it, this is all a little bit inside baseball for people who follow me on Tumblr, but <laughs> I I happen to make some. I happen to uh, do a, a gif of the end of uh, Cora. Um, and and made some sort of I just something about canonical lesbians. It had nothing. I don't. Anyway, I don't know. Um, but but part of me is like you know I am in my mid forties and I have known uh, people of various uh, sexual orientations for longer than many of the people who uh, watch Red versus Blue have been alive and um, <laughs> and yet you know the representation in the show um uh they hadn't been tackled before it was like well like there should just be a lesbian character and it should be no big deal or a couple lesbian characters and it's no big deal it's not a plot point it's not a um it's not a um a joke or or anything like that it's just like well these are who these are some other kinds of characters who are in this world and uh and it's part of their identity but it isn't necessarily part of what drives uh the plot so um so anyway, so that's why they're that's why um Ohio and and Sherry are in there as such. Um nobody uh I also uh uh in my mind definitely I mean you can people can headcanon uh, racial identities for everybody else but Daryl is definitely an African American and he's voiced by uh Aaron Alexander who is an African American actor um and who's also one of the mocap guys. Oh. Uh, for a lot of Ruby and uh, Red versus Blue stuff, um, so it was great to have him do some voice acting. So Daryl is definitely African American. Awesome! All right, Tumblr, you heard yeah. him. Go! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! This just these episodes were so much fun, and I thought I'd put away all the angry feelings about Project Freelancer. And by the time I hit the end of the mission, I was furious at them again at the project at a Good. whole. <laughs> So, I take that, uh, I, I, Katie, I take that as a high compliment. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if I need to thank you for that or not. <laughs> effective storytelling. Very effective storytelling. I was so mad. I'm still angry. It's been like four weeks and I'm they still mad. They coming to them eventually. Do they? Do they really? Ish. Only one of them dies in a fire, so. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, all in all, uh, it's it's nice to go back to this point in time, and it's nice to highlight some characters, you know, and to flesh out the world a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and again, to hear some old familiar voices, too. And it's so interesting in a freelancer story that the emphasis is on teamwork. Even if it's just, we need to get rid of them, they are bringing down our average the emphasis is, oh, well, you guys are really good at teamwork, so go do that. And then the second half of the episode, the pretty much the entirety of the mission is, we're friends, we're doing this together, we're doing it as a team, no matter what happens, as long as we stick together, we'll be okay. And that's really right. interesting, given Freelancer's it's extreme bias for, you have to be the best, you get sent out in teams, but really, the individual's what counts. Yeah, well, that's why they had to be getting, gotten rid of. Um, <laughs> they were too- they were too good at teamwork. They were going to, uh, uh, they were going to, they were going to corrupt the rest of the um, <laughs> individuals in Project Freelancer. 
Oh my god, yes. Those monsters! Jeez! <laughs> <laughs> I just... Oh my god, could you imagine? Ugh. Just God. could you imagine? I'm, I'm wandering off into AU territory here, and I think I need to reel it back in. <laughs> but yeah, no, th- it's such a bummer because Project Freelancer could have worked if maybe you focus on because they had a lot of great and they were a good team. It's just ugh, so many angry yeah. feels. They were a great team until you took everyone's self esteem and tacked it to the leaderboard. Boo! Mm. Just like a Japanese high school. <laughs> I feel like that's a good night, everybody, sort of moment. Um, do you have any final thoughts on these episodes? Uh, just that it was, again, it's nice to go back to this point in time. Um, these characters were fantastic. Uh, the acting was phenomenal. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. Bringing Elizabeth Maxwell into Red versus Blue. Yes. Wonderful choice. Um, yeah, all in all, this was fantastic. They were. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. I really. Oh, uh, oh! I maybe I didn't realize. I, I thought that was an opening for me to say thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's also an opening for you to share any final thoughts. Anything we didn't cover? Anything you want the audience to know that we haven't touched on yet? Um, no, um, no. I think that's. I mean, I think that's it. Um, I, I really appreciate um, everybody who's uh, enjoyed the episodes. I, I've appreciated people who haven't enjoyed the episodes. Um, you know, and uh, I look forward to you know just more people getting you know seeing those seeing those episodes um, as they you know uh, more people come into Red versus Blue who didn't necessarily catch them live the first time and. Hopefully, uh, they'll, those characters will continue to have a little bit of life out there on the on the internet, um, which is uh, always exciting for me. You gave us canon lesbians in Red versus Blue. I think the internet's going to pick that up and sprint. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any projects that you're working on that you can tell us about? Um, n- not that I can really tell you about. I do have a my my Patreon is going on, um, which I kind of nod to some projects that are that are coming up, but nothing is out there yet. Um, I'm working on a webcomic uh, called Escape from Teddy Bear Prison, um, <laughs> but uh, nothing's live yet. And then uh, also uh, some, uh, for those who have come to the RTX um, improv panel, we're working on turning it into a, um, a live stream on Twitch um, and, uh, you know, on Twitch Creative and, and getting, uh, allowing people to uh, enjoy some internet through the um, through a streaming platform, um, but but n- nothing uh, nothing to glom on or to uh, to attach onto quite yet. They're not quite live, but but will be soon. You can't see us, but we're grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, those sound amazing. Yeah. I, I know you guys are there every year, so um, <laughs> I'm excited. To, I'm excited for you guys to check it out. We're looking forward to it. Holy cow! And escape from Teddy Bear Prison. What's the <laughs> elevator pitch for that? Uh, it's like um, Orange is the New Black crossed with Paddington Bear or um, or um, Papillon um, crossed with um, Mouse by, oh uh, Terry, oh by Art Spiegelman. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's like it's 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 you know, it's it's a little weird. I need this in my life. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a prison escape thing. Uh, but it, but everybody, it's a, you know, it's a genre that people are familiar with, but not with teddy bears as the characters. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> need sounds, this in my life. This sounds pretty great. It sounds dark and adorable. Yes. Yeah, that's my, that's my goal. That's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Dark and adorable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like all your voice characters are, yeah, they're kind of nice. And then all of your live action cameos are like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I got a face for villainy, so. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. Where can the people go if they want to keep up with what you do? Um, they can follow me. Probably the best uh, central place is my Twitter, which is uh, Sadogre, S-A-D-O-G-R-E. Um, and from there, you can find a post to my Tumblr page or my Instagram or my um, now I have this portraying going on. Um, so people can follow me through those various media, but the Twitter is probably the best place to, um, to kind of, um, find me in the first place and then, and then branch out from there. Okay. Well, thank you so much awesome. for joining us tonight. We had a blast talking with you. Thank you guys. And I look forward to doing more as the opportunity presents themselves. And we look forward to seeing it. Thanks again. Have a great oh, night. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.
Oh, that was great. He's so much fun. Oh, my God. He's a ton of fun and such a troll. (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Shannon McCormick levels of trolling. (laughs) But in a great way. Oh, yeah. And and again, it's it's so great, like hearing the creative process. And again, just the process in general of how writing for this season has been going. Because I wasn't sure if like m- like you know what is okay to write about, what's not. You know how they filtered all of that. So it was really great hearing that creative process. Well, I'm pretty sure Miles had his fingers in pretty much every pie, just for the sake of narrative cohesion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would. God, those episodes were so much fun. They were. What I would not. What I would have given to have seen Freelancers Ladies' Night, though. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Sign me up. Fan art. Fan art anywhere. The fan art. The fan fiction. Does anyone have any of this? Please send it to me. I I require it in my life. Keep thinking about the wander over yonder uh, (laughs) Ladies' Night episode, episode, and I, I would absolutely love the freelancer equivalent of that. That would be incredible. I feel like they're. Be an equal amount of brawling for sure. <laughs> more, more. <laughs> yep, even so more. much more. So, so we have two other episodes that we need to cover, and not a lot of time in which to do it. So let's uh, let's crack these open. Hashtag have, dark and adorable. If you put an ampersand in a hashtag, it breaks it. <laughs> Might I recommend true. hashtag adorable? Mm. Mm, yep. <laughs> so let's talk about immersion warthog flip. I am. I actually don't watch Immersion all that often, and I'm told that I need to because it's like Mythbusters with sarcasm. It basically is. Uh, there was a show on G4 a little while ago um, where it was very similar to the Immersion premise, where it's you know t- applying video game science to the real world, and yeah, it's basically like Mythbusters. And so I I really enjoy any time we get to see like the live action Spartan costumes yes. uh, being worn. Poor Miles. <laughs> He's, he's said before that that armor is very uncomfortable. <laughs> but so they keep so putting cool. him in it at every opportunity. It's like here's uncomfortable armor, and also may you know make a fool of yourself in front of this flipped over car. Yeah, and I just love the commentary. Lift with your back, like, not with no, your please knees. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> not gonna lie, I I hurt my back a while ago, so I'm like, oh no, don't 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 hurt yourself, Miles. Like the science was interesting to watch, and evidently Marcus Laporte, according to his Twitter, is a uh, props the broadcast set designer and the live action production designer for Rooster Teeth stuff. So. That is fun and interesting. So we yeah. would know a little more about this. Of course, yeah. Like it's always nice at like adding comedy to learning. You know, we've seen that like through the numerous comedians that people turn to for news now. Learning yeah. and comedy go really well together. And so I huh. like you know, comedy being applied to science and everything like that. And the two go very well together. And actually getting to see it work is also really pretty oh, cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did it multiple times, though. Because we had the very specific, the bobblehead fell off the dash shots. And then we definitely had shots where, no, it came all the way up. No, it's fine. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they flipped that warthog more than once for filming purposes. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I love the giant X button. I loved. I I thought the framing was kind of cute. Just the live action red team trying to get home. The ongoing joke about whether or not it's the plot of Speed <laughs> and the uh, the power. We have to get back because all the ice cream is melting. It'll be ice cream soup, which isn't that bad. And I'm like, no. When you get ice cream soup, you put chocolate syrup and Bailey's in it, and you make smoothies. This is this is how it works. This yeah. is how it works. It's it's one of those things. And now you know how Friday nights go at my house. It's <laughs> one of the things where watching watching this, it makes me go, yeah. And and like we had with the Freddie Wong episode a little while ago, I would totally watch a live action Red versus Blue movie. Absolutely. Me too. Like and and like done like that, it would work. It it honestly would. And I love that we got to see Lopez with like all the wires hanging out and everything. <laughs> the worst part is they're going to make, make me, me fix, fix the, the car. <laughs> I did write that out. Miles being mildly to moderately familiar with Halo, like, come on. <laughs> and these Spartans never die, they're just missing an action or on their backs when he's trying to get up. Just Bless you. That hurt me, but it was also really funny. It's been a while since I've watched other immersion videos as well, but does Bernie always wear the UNSC thing on his lab? I don't (laughs) think so. I'm uncertain. Chat, tell us, is the UNSC thing always on there? Because I don't think it does. I don't think it is, rather. Subject, Subject verb agreement. I am good at life. 
Yeah, th- what this tells me is that I need to watch more immersion. I know th- I know they did yeah. a Five Nights at Freddy's one. I, that with Michael fun. and Gavin because of course. That one's a lot of fun. I I've definitely seen a handful of uh immersion videos and they're always fun. It's always fun to see, you know, again people use science <laughs> and video games come together. It's great. Oh yeah. And I just love that bit of and commentary. There's no reason for an explosion. It'd be like shoehorning it in for a spectacle at this point. That is Mythbusters. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and then they have the explosion. And then they have the bomb. Uh, chat says that the UNSC logo is not usually on there. That's <laughs> kind of appre- what I thought. I appreciated adding it then. The details. Um, having yeah. the X button, which looked for all the world like a repainted Staples Easy button. <laughs> yeah. But it was great. Yeah. Um, and something I really like is I like the timing of this because having the immersion video before the finale, you know, they go hand in hand together very well because it's talking about applying things in our world and then lo and behold, we get red versus blue in our world. So let's swing into that then. Our season finale is red versus blue versus rooster teeth and that... I think the mocap guys had an absolute ball with this one. We went full on Who Framed Roger Rabbit here. It was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. I just, I, Lopez was my favorite part of this. I don't know why. Lopez was my favorite part of this. Just, why can't he just stay dead? <laughs> well, Lopez always uh, is really great with, because, again, no one can understand him. Except so his one-liners on occasion. Yeah. So his one-liners and his soliloquies are, are just fantastic. The bit where he's, uh, the second well, they were like, Lope- okay, we're going to have Jeff meet up with Griff. It's like, okay, they're going to do the whole talking to oneself. and ca- Okay, I got this. And then, like, well, who's Bernie going to run into? Oh, my God, Lopez. And, and just, yeah, I don't speak Spanish. No, and <laughs> just that, that whole speech where, you know, every, After 14 all, years, all we're of the finally parallels. going home. All of the parallels were really great, and just the fact that Bernie couldn't understand, like, this thing that, you know, very much lines up with his character in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't speak It was Spanish. incredible. Um, I lo- I, I'm not sure if Miles not getting sarcasm is an in-joke. I will say it amused me anyway. I have a I have a coworker. I almost said I have a freelancer. Oh god, <laughs> my life. I have a coworker who his sarcasm and joking and I'm messing with you voice is the exact same as his everyday serious delivery voice. And so I'm at the point 4 years into my job where if it sounds like bullshit, it probably is <laughs> and I will treat it as such until he goes, "No, seriously. This is actually the case." I'm like, oh, I couldn't tell. One of these days, that's going to cause a problem. <laughs> I feel like he's going to tell you some really serious news, and you're going to be like, cut the cut the BS. <laughs> well, he knows, because I just kind of look at him like, uh-huh. Because usually it's one of those things, it's always on the border of this, he could be joking, he could be messing with me, and the tone of voice gives nothing away. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh-huh, okay. No, really, this is actually the case. Okay, so what do we need to do for it? <laughs> like, but, but I, I'm with him. I have a coworker that does that. I get it. But you know, Bernie and Lopez, the those two matches were great. Um, yeah, the the millennial hacks. It was really fun seeing you know, the arguments Jeff. about Tucker's armor color, and there are so many colors in this show. I can't keep track of them. <laughs> and I'm gonna add 14 characters, all with personalities. Yes. I'm going to write three new pivotal characters to this story arc. My characters were pivotal. (laughs) (laughs) Just everybody playing a caricature of themselves is always really fun. They, you know, they do it in Ten Little Roosters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do it all the time. And it's, it's hilarious. And uh, in particular, I I really, I appreciated Jeff's caricature, Mm -hmm. like actually holding the Jack Daniels and everything. And it was like Max something or other. They replaced the label just a little bit. (laughs) And the the, the tattoo joke, because one of my favorite Red vs. Blue PSAs is, should you get a tattoo? Like altering your skin, which at the time seems kind of seems really cool, but then you know, fourteen years on, seems slightly less cool. (laughs) Yeah, no one would ever do that. The the reference that I loved was the RVB kill switch because evidently this was a thing in the office, and they talked about it in one of their podcasts, and it became a Rooster Teeth animated adventure. That at one point in one of the studios they were in, there was a light switch in the kitchen where if you flipped it, it cut the power to the machinima room. So at one point, someone did that, and Josh came out and was like, 
what did you just do? We just lost like five hours of work. How dare you? Yeah, so having this big old red versus blue kill switch in the middle of the hall with it just... It was wonderful. Thankfully, in their new place, they don't, they don't, <laughs> they don't do that anymore. I don't think, but um, at least oh, I would yeah. hope not. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah that, no. the the idea that the the kill switch is canon, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just uh, and all of these different jokes. I, I feel like watching this episode was also getting a tour of the studio. Yeah, uh, you know, the this is a commercial business. <laughs> the jokes about the podcast set. It's terrible. No one with taste would watch this. Oh, my God. They have a new podcast set now. So that was him walking around the old one. (laughs) And it was cool. It was cool to get this little tour of the Rooster Teeth studio. Oh, yeah. And just everyone talking with their voice counterparts was absolutely incredible. That was the smartest man I've ever met. And that is also why you should buy gold. (laughs) (laughs) Matt and Sarge was... Wonderful! It really was. That was, then, that was spectacular. And continually shilling the Rocket Rooster energy drink. <laughs> you know that's going to show up at RTX. In I, some capacity, it will be at RTX. <laughs> I would hope so. I would be very surprised if it isn't. It literally makes all of our money. <laughs> all of it. It only causes cancer in some people. <laughs> And I have to say, this is this is going to put us all the way up at explicit if we aren't already, that my favorite little scene is, like, right at the tail end of Bernie and uh, Lopez talking. And there's just, it, it's framed with Bernie and then the window behind him. And you just have the two guys running by, fuck, 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 and following him. Shit, 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 shit. That was my favorite part of the episode. Honestly, that yeah. That just made me laugh Gus so and Jeff hard. running uh, from <laughs> Griffin Simmons was just absolutely spectacular. And then Griffin Simmons chasing them. It just, it, it was well set up. It was well choreographed. Everything was just a ton of fun. And it, it's also very fitting that at the very end, you know, Bernie ends up in the world of Red versus Blue. And like, you know we have to end with, son of a bitch. <laughs> and Tucker coming out of the teleporter. <laughs> like the Are episodes, you a model or famous actress? <laughs> the episode's brick joke. And then Barb punching him out, just like, God bless. <laughs> this is just wonderful. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was very much things coming full circle. It was a really, really good way to end a season like this. Yeah, I agree. And I think at this point, we don't have very many minutes left, but I think we need to talk about the season as a whole for a bit. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that monologue at the very end. That ending monologue wrecked me. I want to know who wrote it so I can hug them and then hit them with something. Oh, my God. How dare you make me feel feelings. How dare you make me feel things! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I just, I, as long as there's stories, there need to be storytellers, and that's where you come in. Tell your story. It could be one in a billion others, but it'll be yours, and a universe without stories is just empty space. NaNoWriMo is in less than two weeks. That's beautiful. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is National Novel Writers Month, and that's 50,000 words in 30 days. It's rough. And writing is always, always hard. It's very easy to sit there and go, well, I have this idea, but 8 billion other people do urban fantasy. I mean, what's the point? And so having this little bit at the end, this bit of encouragement saying, doesn't matter if someone else has already done the story, doesn't matter if it's one in a billion, do it anyway. No one does it like you. Yeah. it's It was a very beautiful way. to, and, and it's also a wonderful way to not only highlight all of the work that went into this season, because yeah. so many different writers were involved, but also, you know, bringing in the fans, because that's how a lot of these people got to write for this season is being fans of the show. And so it's it's nice to acknowledge that. It's nice to acknowledge, like, hey, just keep writing out there. And this started as a fan project. Yeah. You know, this, we, we forget that sometimes because we're, we're not as into Halo. Um, yeah, we're more into Red versus Blue. But all of this started because they were big fans of Halo and just wanted to do something funny. So tell your story. Yeah, and and yeah, this is very much a, a show that is aware of its fans and in touch with its fans, and that was definitely like, look, this is us talking to you, the fandom. Keep creating. Do the thing. And that that's a really good thing to hear, especially when you're discouraged by everyone else has done it, I don't think mine is good enough, whatever. 
Yeah, that's a wonderful thing to hear from the people who make the stuff that we adore. Yeah. Or just life in general. Like, oh, tell yeah. my story! <laughs> tell it yourself! <laughs> so this this whole season, I, I talked about this a little bit in my reaction video, and we don't have a lot of time right now. So if you want the full thoughts, you know, go watch that link. I enjoyed it. I will say that I was a little disappointed in some areas. There were some episodes that didn't land for me, and, you know, your mileage may vary. But there was also that trailer that we got at the very, very beginning for the season, and we had the full cast of freelancers, and then... A little bit of false advertising. Very much false advertising. Like, we got them all in the studio for one line apiece. See you never. <laughs> and so I, I know I was excited for it. I know a lot of people were also excited for freelancer content. And we got freelancer content. And I would not trade the triplets and the mission because that was a ton of fun. But I also still want more. Oh, yeah. That's just no. part of it. I just want more. I want more. I wanted them to fill in the gaps. We had it's... that. We had the first three episodes. We had the mercs. We had... I was expecting more filling in the gaps in the extant timeline and not as much wandering off into AUs. And wandering off into AUs is a freaking blast. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely so much fun. But, yeah, there is a certain expectation um, when you say you're doing anthology stories. Like, we want a 479er story. You know, mm -hmm. that, that sort of thing. Um, and you and know exactly who was in the charge for that one. <laughs> like, we know. We know. You know who you are. <laughs> But um, <laughs> that's a that's a discussion for another day. Oh yeah, but no, they they know if they're they listening, know. they know who they are. They know who she knows what she did. <laughs> um, anyway, but um, but things like that. There's a certain expectation because we love those characters and they're gone. So yep. uh, you know, dead, dead, kibosh. Like a lot of that is done, done. So it would be it would be really nice to to fill in some of those gaps. Um, that being said. Getting new new pivotal characters and fun AUs, really great. I have to say that like probably my favorite set of episodes were the 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 Merc trilogy that we got. I think those were my favorite out of the entire season, uh, both aesthetically and just the story. I thought was really great. Um, I don't think there was anything I overtly disliked in this season, but you're you're absolutely right. There's some stuff where it's like ah. Uh, better than others where the humor doesn't necessarily land as well but that happens sometimes and and again yeah. to each their own i mean there were a few that i watched where it was like all right that was 10 minutes of my life that occurred and then there were some where it was just like can i have 18 more like this the merc <laughs> ones were a lot of fun i loved our first three absolutely adored our first three started off on a really high note i loved these two and i keep coming back to caboose's guide for making friends that was fantastic. I just, I keep coming back to that. It wrecked me. It had an art style that I adored. It was super cute. It was funny. And we keep coming back to it wrecked me. I like things that wreck me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like, feel you made me feel emotions. I'm so mad at you, but I love it. <laughs> oh, my that's, heart. That's how I live my life. That's also why I watch Arrow. Oh, <laughs> Transitioning to later. Emotions. I, yep, that's later tonight. Uh, again, I love so much of what they did, and I really appreciated how much live action was actually in this yeah. season. With the immersion video, with the Freddie Wong uh, trailer, with uh, this final episode, and with the stop motion um, yeah, episode. Yeah, the Megabox one. Exactly. Um, every, yeah, so I really, they they are, they, it's just shown how much they've grown as a production company, and it's it's very heartwarming to think about. Christopher in chat says maybe they'll do a freelancer miniseries like they did Out of Mind and Recovery One. I'm uncertain about that, but I would definitely be down for it. I think they're just too busy with all the other animation well, projects. And the other thing is, too, that you can only go back to that well for so long when there's other things going on. Yeah. We don't know what's happening with season 15. If it's happening, we... I, I go back to the standby of as long as people are watching Red vs. Blue, we'll continue to make it. So I have faith that there will be a season 15. I don't know that that's been officially confirmed anywhere, but... I would be very surprised if they don't continue on. Yeah. And I feel like 14 was their breather because of the changes, because they're making Camp Camp, because Ruby turned such a corner, because they changed engines in which they're doing Ruby. Like, I feel like this was the, okay, it's still a lot of work, but it's not as much work as having a season and a plot and all of the 
they did a little bit of outsourcing, and it was great for this season. Yeah, it was, and again, it worked it's so, really well. So nice to hear a multitude of voices in uh, yes. in one season. It's great. So I'm looking forward to season 15. Um, we want to hear what you guys thought of this season. Throw it in the comments, or better yet, throw it in your iTunes reviews. If you have not yet rated, commented, and subscribed to our iTunes podcast, that is the best way to keep us on air and to ensure that we as a panel come back for season 15. Should there be a hypothetical season 15, I'm betting on yes. So best way to do that, go to iTunes, find the Red vs. Blue After Buzz podcast, uh, subscribe, leave us five stars because you love us and we love you. You know that. And leave a review if you haven't already. We adore you guys. That's the best way to keep us on air. The producers look at iTunes and go, people like this show. We should keep doing this show. So please do the thing. Tell us what you like about the series. For now, I think we need to wrap it up and move it on out. So, Megan, where can the people find you? You guys can tweet at me at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Anyway, articles for the movie check. That's Check with 2Ks. Be sure to check those out. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiajay. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. If you wanted to see us reacting to these episodes and get extended thoughts on each of them, those all live on the YouTube channel. Uh, Z Nation and Crunch Time on Mondays. Star Wars Rebels on Tuesdays. Arrow is later tonight at 9 p- at 9 p.m. At 10 p.m. It's super fun. You should watch it. And then Ruby is starting. It starts airing this Saturday, and we are doing our first after show on November 3rd at 7 p.m. So come back in for that. That is going to be super fun. Thank you guys so much for watching and for sticking with us this season, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other aftershows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bye. You ever wonder why we're here? <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.